It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coach Harris and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Happy Ferg Friday to everyone. I'm Zach Blackerby, your host, and joined, as we are pretty much every Friday, uh, by the one and only Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. How are you, friend? I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Appreciate your time, as always. It's so weird, Justin, that tomorrow is a day and people want us to talk about basketball. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, man, is that not Bruce Pearl's like greatest legacy right yeah, now? You're uh, right for, for Auburn. You're and right, especially in a year, especially in a year where you got a brand new coaching staff and a lot of newness. Uh, basketball still getting a ton of attention this week. Right. Yeah. I mean, with with football spring practice, like we got a ton of information, a ton of news, like the first week. And then it's mm-hmm. kind of died off. And I know you like moving JJ Pegues to defense. That was fun and all that. But like we really we really haven't gotten a whole lot. So tomorrow will be fun and we'll get to tomorrow in just a moment. But a big week for Auburn basketball. You've got a ton of good stuff about the addition of Walker Kessler uh to uh to this team. We've got a lot of breakdowns for it on AuburnObserver.com. But man, I mean you tweeted it out. I mean, his stats are ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he he is one of those players that, I mean, his talent was very obvious from the beginning of his time in North Carolina. And look, I, there's probably some Auburn fans out there being like, why did he only play, you know, like eight, nine, ten minutes a game? And right. he only had two games where he played really starter quality minutes. And, you know, that's really kind of Roy Williams' big mistake. If you look at North Carolina Twitter and, like, uh, the message boards, they're pretty upset about how, he kind of handled his front court last season because he's, he had some really talented young guys, but you know he he deferred to his veterans, uh, guys like Garrison Brooks, uh, who's an Auburn native and and is a really good basketball player in his own right. But I mean, well, Kessler is just a different level, and I mean, when you've got a guy who is rebounding about every five shots uh, that's missed on the floor, um, you've got a guy who is one of the best rim protectors in the in the country uh, on a, on a minutes basis and. You know, just straight up defender. Um, that's pretty impressive considering when he came out of high school, five star recruit. Everybody just wanted to talk about how good he was as a scorer. So, I mean, you're getting a complete seven one center uh, for Auburn. That I mean, he. I think he's just going to be. A, he'd be a perfect fit for any system. But I think he's got some. He's got some things that he brings to the table that's going to make uh, Auburn uh, that much better of a team. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like he wants to run, and it looks like he wants to shoot threes mm-hmm. is kind of what I've heard, and he shot four all of last year, and he may shoot four a game for Auburn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He uh, he was about 30, 35% uh, three-point shooter in high school. Um, you know, his shooting numbers in high school, he was a better jump shooter at the beginning of his career, and then towards, you know, towards the end, he was doing a lot of stuff on the inside uh, more for his team. But, I mean, yeah, he's... He's a he's a modern five. Um, right. Not only is he not only is he going to be a guy who wants to stretch the floor, but also, um, and I wrote about it in, in the breakdown of the Observer this week. He's a really underrated passer. I mean, he's got some he's got some really good 
vision and touch on his passes. Carolina ran a ton of high-low action. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, when he got the ball in his hands, he, uh, he, he, he made things happen. And you don't always get that from your fives. But Bruce Pearl usually does. Right. Um, so I think that's why he's going to be a great fit. Is there any chance he does not start? I find it hard to believe because, you know, the, the thing about it is, is like Auburn's roster is, is a good one. And like, you're, you're going to have a hard time uh, just right off the top. Like, you know, let's just say JT Thor stays in the draft, right? Which I think is a possibility at this point, but say he stays in the draft. Well, you still have a front court where you've got Jalen Williams, um, Jabari Smith and, uh, and Walker Kessler, you've got to like divide that up those minutes that way. And maybe you put Jabari at the three, he would have the ability to do that, but that is a monster lineup in terms of size. And you'd have to kind of adjust your backcourt as well. Uh, I have a hard time believing it. Um, one thing I do think is going to be really interesting to follow is Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams was Auburn's MVP last season from beginning to end mm-hmm. on offense and defense. He was, he was their mo- most consistent player now. Right. Sharif obviously was, was, was the best when he was out there on the floor, but I think Jalen Williams, you know, he is such a team guy. He's such a very selfless guy. And into the fact where Bruce wanted him to be a little bit more selfish when he was on the floor last year. I also think that if they decided to start Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler at the four and the five next season as like your top two guys, Jalen Williams coming off the bench and being able to play the four or the five, kind of going back and forth between those roles and playing starter quality minutes off the bench would probably be the best way to go about it. He would be a weapon because that is an SEC center that, you know, a, a stretch five that you can come out there and say, hey, you know, he knows what he's doing. And when you when we're getting into our rotation, we're getting into our depth. And when you as the other teams get getting into your bench, um, we've got a dude who's a starter quality player. So that would probably be the most likely scenario. But, man, there's a long way to go. And I mean, we were talking before the end of the last season about playing JT Thor at the three. Mm-hmm. I think you could do the exact same thing with Jabari Smith um, just because of. Uh, their range and athleticism for guys their size. It's amazing to me that there is a legitimate chance that Jalen Williams does not start next year. Like yeah, that, that yeah, is that I mean, is bonkers. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, and I wouldn't be surprised if next season, you know, Bruce starts, you know, Jalen at the four or the five, and then sees if you know either Jabari or, or, or Walker get into the starting lineup, like work their way, fight their way into the starting lineup. I think you have to start them, though, from a recruiting standpoint. I don't think you can get a guy like Jabari and not no, start I, him. Definitely not Jabari, uh, I don't think, because, I mean, he's he's your first true one-and-done type of talent. Like, I know, obviously, Okoro did and, and Sharif did as well, but, like, they were not expected, like, widely expected out of high school to be one-and-done guys. This is a top-five player. This is the best player Auburn's had ever as a recruit by, by a large margin. And Kessler's not that far behind because yeah. you got to remember, he was a, he, when, when Sharif Cooper and JT Thor were the number two, three, number two and number three players in the state of Georgia in their class, number one was Walker Kessler. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. There's a, there's a real possibility. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, go way far off uh, here with, with uh, you know, what, with speculation and all that, but Scoot Henderson, right? There are still rumors that he could reclassify and come in, and Auburn could use one of their scholarships on him right now. There's a possibility that next season, Auburn's roster has the number one player from the state of Georgia from the 2020, 2021, and 2022 classes. Now, Scoot would have reclassified into 2021, but you're saying, like, you would right. have gone into Georgia and gotten the top three guys for their age, um, you know, in these, <laughs> la- in these last three classes. And that's just absurd. It just shows how well 
Bruce Pearl has built this program up in this and 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 I mean taking full advantage of the Atlanta market. They're going in there yeah. and taking names. Yeah, no, and they've been doing it you know prior to this offseason too. Absolutely. Uh, all right, you're listening to Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag, the best way to place your bets. On the internet, betonline.ag, all sports, all the time, whether your sports are in season or if you want to bet on some futures, all kinds of stuff are up there. So head to the website. You can use your phone, use your computer, use your laptop, doesn't matter. Betonline.ag. And here's the thing. When you make your free account, be sure to use the promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on, and you can get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You want to put $100 in, use promo code locked on, you'll get an extra 50. Uh, put 200 in, use promo code locked on, get an extra 100, etc. So, check all that out betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin, let's talk about let, let, let's talk about Green. Let's talk about Green Jr. I think mm-hmm. he is going to be a lot of Auburn fans' favorite player next year. I mean, he he is kind of Jared Harper reincarnated, yep. like it, that type of player. Um, you know, Jared, I think Jared's got a, it was probably a little bit more um, devi- decisive when he when he when he dribbled the ball. I, Wendell Green tries to like put on the highlight reel with with his dribble moves, and he's really good at it as well. But that kind of I'm in the gym and I'm open kind of range. He he pulled and towards the end of the season last year for Eastern Kentucky, he was hitting logo shots regularly. Um, plays really, really fast. Uh, you know, at the top of the, the top of that press for Eastern Kentucky last season, um, forced a lot of turnovers. And I mean, he's he's that kind of three level scorer that is perfect for what Auburn wants to do because he played on a team last season that was one of the fastest in college basketball and one of the most pressure heavy. So if Auburn's going to try to do more of that with this roster in the future, Wendell Green's the perfect uh, the perfect number one to get to get that going. So with him at EKU last year, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he blew everyone else out of the water, and you've got a breakdown, a very, oh, yeah. very detailed breakdown of him um, at AuburnObserver.com. But are you worried at all about the transition for, you know, as far as level of competition? You know, that's a really good question because I think that's something everybody asks at this time. And I, I mean, that's, go that's, back that's to... the big negative, right? If you had to pick right. the, you yeah. know, the, the biggest argument against him, it's, well, he, you know, he, he played in what the Ohio Valley Conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the OVC is a decent mid-major conference, but it is still a mid-major conference. Um, I will say this, though. In college basketball, a whole lot more than college football, you go back and look pretty much most seasons and you say, okay, who are the top transfers? Um, guys that make the jump from mid-major to, to power power conference basketball, due to the nature of college basketball at the power at the power conference level, where the rosters are turning over so much and you have a ton of youth, especially at a place like Auburn where you're getting guys into the league, Having experience, period, usually translates well. Mm-hmm. Um, last season, you would say one of the top, you know, transfers in the country was Carlick Jones, who went, I believe, from Radford to Louisville, and he 
was in the ACC and looked like one of their better better point guards. There are right. a number of examples like that where guys take steps up in, cl- in competition. And there's a learning curve at the beginning. That's why you have non-conference play. But, you know, in college basketball, the way the, the nature of the, the sport right now, having experience, period, usually translates really well when you take that step up in competition. And here's the thing about Wendell Green Jr. Um, he only got one power five scholarship offer after um, yeah, out of high school, he quickly showed that he should have been playing power, power basketball sure. right away. I mean, he was that much better than a lot of players in the OVC as a true freshman. So I think it was more of a, a thing of like, this guy, this guy is a power conference level basketball player. People just kind of overlooked him for, for his size early. And um, I think it was just kind of a mistaken. Uh, I think it was kind of mistaken talent identification by a lot of schools, and uh, Auburn's going to take advantage. And I mean, there were about a dozen teams after him uh, this this last go around. Yeah, rightfully so. And you know, I wasn't super familiar with him until you know people started kind of tying his name to Auburn, and I kind of looked up mm-hmm. some of his stuff. But it's like, man, he's just super exciting. You know, Bruce Pearl's big thing with Harper was he's worth the price of admission. I really yep. feel like this kid's going to do the same thing. Yeah, and the thing with Wendell Green is that he's stylistically, he fits exactly what Auburn wants to do. And then, I mean, he is he's going to be a fun player to watch, and yet he's going to be one of the lower-rated recruits on this team yeah. because you've got so many five-stars and high-four-stars on the team now. So, I mean, like, he can kind of make it all go, and he ain't got to be all on him, right? There's a lot of times at Eastern Kentucky where he had to kind of run the show and, and, and carry a lot of the workload. Same with Zepp Jasper coming out of the college of Charleston. Those guys are going to be able to plug in now and do some of the stuff that made them so great at the mid-major level. But then also their efficiency and their and their usage should change because, okay, let's look over here. You've got Jabari Smith. You've got Walker Kessler. You've got Jalen Williams. You've got Alan Flanagan. You've got Devin Kimberly. You've got all these SEC high quality players to play with now. And like it should, their their game should be able to take off even if they're not, you know, dropping 20 points every night. Justin, walk me through what you think the rotation for the backcourt's going to be right now. Point guard rotation, and then who's the shooting guard right now? Shooting guard is the toughest question I think you can come up with at right. this point because Auburn's still going after some guys. Uh, you know, Desi Sills is is one that they're still looking at, and 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 that's, obvious, the, that's the Arkansas shooter. Yes, that's the Arkansas shooter who you know thirty four thirty five percent three point shooter, but like he absolutely tore up Auburn. He's very he's a very like streak shooter kind of. Right, he gets hot, watch out kind of kind of guy like that. Um, so I think they're still trying to figure out what they want to do at the, at the two, but at the one, I think right now it's Wendell Green Jr. And then Zepp Jasper can give you good minutes there, um, as a backup. I think Zepp makes a ton of sense as that combo guard coming off the bench, Uh, being a defensive weapon off the bench would be, will be very big for him. Um, you know, when you start getting into your rotation a little bit, having a guy who plays that kind of good lockdown defense in the backcourt can really help you a lot. Um, that, that makes the most sense. And then at the two, you know, right now, looking at what Auburn's got on their roster, I personally would lean towards Trey Alexander because I think Trey Alexander is the type of player that Bruce Pearl loves to have at, at, at the two guard. He has got crazy good range. Mm-hmm. He shoots off the dribble pretty well, and he's a good defender as a, as a um, as a uh, as a two guard. I mean, you look at his block numbers in high school. He looks like a dude who grew up watching Dwayne Wade because that's what he wants to do. He wants to, you know, swat shots at the, at the two position. Sure. I would lean there. If they pick up another guard, then things kind of get different. I think Devin Cambridge can give you good minutes at the two and the in the in the three as well. 
but I would lean kind of green Alexander and then maybe Jasper and whoever else they pick up. It would be interesting what they would do if they pick up stills. Um, and then of course, like what if a guy like Scoot Henderson comes to Auburn? What if a guy like Ty Ty Washington comes to Auburn, right? That changes so much of what you do in the backcourt. Cause not only are those guys going to challenge for the starting point guard spot or heavy, heavy minutes of the position, they're also big enough at their, as point guards. They're not little guys like, like Zep, Jas- like Zep Jasper and, and, uh, and, and Wendell Green, right. that they could play the two if you wanted them to. And I think especially Scoot with the way he scores and likes to play above the rim. From a scholarship standpoint, if JT Thor comes back, where are they? If JT Thor comes back, uh, they are in – um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna try to do math in my head real quickly. Sure, so uh, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, and so – okay, so last season they had – uh, I'll just think out loud here. So last season they had 12 of the 13 scholarships they were supposed to have. Uh, Turbo Jones left in the middle of the season. They added two more in Jabari Smith and Trey Alexander to get to 13. Uh, since then they had Justin Powell leave, Jamal Johnson leave, and um, Javon Franklin leave to get you – know, that would be make them down to 10. Uh, JT's in the, in, the, in the NBA draft spot now, and he could come back in this scenario, so I'll leave it at 10. Of course, Sharif Cooper at 9. You've picked up one, two, three uh, transfers since then, so they'd have one more spot left if JT came back. Okay. Um, and if he leaves, you have to you have two back. I think that's right. I hope I hope that was that, I know that was thrilling podcast uh, so, radio. To, so to do. no, I, I think people would appreciate the process of it. So the if they miss out on Scoot or he chooses to not reclassify and they miss out on Ty Ty, yeah. How do you think they will fill those? I think, uh, you know, it would be very interesting to see if they use all 13. I, you know, you I think you'd want to, but, you know, you're getting to a point now when you get to 13. Like, it's hard to play 10 or 11 guys in a rotation. You're right. Much less 12 or 13. And that's the weird thing about college basketball is you have, you want to have that that depth, but it's also like those guys aren't always all going to play. And when you're recruiting at a high enough level like Auburn is and hitting the transfer portal like Auburn is, these guys are coming in because they want to play. So it'd be very interesting to see what they what they would do. I think if JT Thor leaves, they still need to get a guard. They need to get a two. They need to get a wing of some kind. Yeah. Um, you know, to help out that depth there would be very big because you lost two. You you were already kind of thin there, and then you lost two this off season as well. So you can always get a uh, get get you know some help there. Um, if Thor comes back, man, I have no idea what you do in the front court because. <laughs> Then realistically, you have the best player you had last season from beginning in, in Jalen Williams, uh, a potential first rounder in JT Thor, a definite first rounder I think in uh, in Jabari Smith, and a pretty good chance he will end up being a first rounder in Walker Kessler. And you have to figure out at that point, you have to figure out, you know, between the four and the five, you have eighty minutes you got to fill in a college basketball game. You got to get divide that between four people. And Bo, by the way. You still have Stretch Akinbola and Dylan Carwell, who are very good yep. reserve big men in college basketball. So, right. man, it is a, it is going to be it's going to be a mess even if Thor comes back, stays in the draft. Um, uh, but I think it is the definition of a good problem to have if you're Bruce Pearl. No doubt, no doubt, it'd be the most talented Auburn roster I've ever seen. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, a day is coming up tomorrow. We got to talk about it next, right here on Locked On Auburn. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Yes, ever. All the bars covered 100% in chocolate. They are delicious. It is the protein bar that truly, truly tastes like a candy bar. 
A ton of amazing flavors. Mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, just to name a few. Peanut butter brownie is one of my favorites. Uh, But yeah, all soft and easy to chew. Very, very good. High in protein, low in calories. Some have virtually no sugar. So head over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Jay Ferg. So I think a lot of people are just kind of expecting vanilla play calls tomorrow. I think people are excited to see what the offense looks like, and I think people are excited to see if Bo Nix looks like he's taken any kind of drastic step forward. What is the likelihood we see any of that? I think I think the big thing for Auburn tomorrow on the offensive side is you're going to see a different type of you know play calling. You're going to see like a just brand. I mean, just the base stuff, just the vanilla stuff is going to look very interesting. I think for a lot of Auburn fans because it's going to be like. Oh wow, they're going under center. Oh wow, that's that that's a lot of tight ends on the field at one time. Oh, is that a fullback out there? Like, there's going to be a lot of that. Right. For Bo Nix, I think their big thing this offseason with him has been in the spring has been you got to be a good decision maker. You got to be a good decision maker. And what we do know at this point, and from what we've heard, what we've seen, and what we've heard about what's going on in spring practice, that defense is going to be ahead of the offense, and that offensive line is still very much a work in progress. So Bo might have to be running around a little bit. Uh, on Saturday. So I think if you're looking for things to, for Bo Nix, you're wanting to look for some improvement. I think the big thing with him is just like, check out the accuracy. Is he, is he a more accurate passer? Um, is he putting the ball where he wants it to on a more regular basis? Um, even if it's vanilla, you've got to be good against, uh, you got to be good against air. You got to be good against, uh, you know, a, uh, backup defense, whatever it looks like. Um, so I think that's the thing I'm looking for. Is he, does he look, better in terms of his mechanics and his confidence throwing the ball and being a more accurate guy because I think some of the bigger things with him like decision making and and you know knowing what to do when the bullets start flying that's going to be more apparent as we get closer to fall just because it's it's still early they're they're getting the base and the early and the early tweaks off of it on both sides of the ball sure so what is it you're going to be looking for specifically on the defensive side of the football, I assume you're going to look at snap count. I assume you're going to look at you know mm-hmm. first step, you know, with, with guys playing close to the line of scrimmage. But you know, you get into the nitty gritty. What can folks kind of be looking for with you as far as what you want to take away from the defense tomorrow? Yeah, I I think there are two big position group kind of things to look at right here. We know from what we've heard in spring practices that the top two defensive linemen at this at the moment are Tyron Truesdale and um oh, um I'm sorry Colby Wooden right. and and Tyron Truesdale you know those guys are returning starters who is that other one who's going to be that kind of defensive tackle we've heard good things about Marquise Burks we've heard good things about it was like Walker um I think Auburn will try to play guys like Jay Hardy and Lee Hunter and get them out there uh you know, so I think just the snaps and like who gets the who gets the the bigger looks 
with that base, you know, three man front with Wooden and uh, and Truesdale, I think is the one thing I'm really curious about. Then the other thing is really curious to see what the other outside linebacker position looks like across for across from Derek Hall because. Derek Hall is going to be a leader on this team and a leader on this defense. That other side, we've heard about T.D. Moultrie. We've heard about Stone Handy. Uh, we've heard about uh, other guys getting work there like uh, like Caleb Johnson, like Ramella Height. Um, who makes the most of those opportunities tomorrow? Because that's going to be very, very important to see because this group at the edge position is, is about to get better and deeper with Dylan Brooks coming in after after spring practice. And that's could be where Eku Leota ends up lining up for Auburn, which uh, he's got some versatility to play a number of positions. But, you know, that edge position, this is going to be a good time to get uh, get an opportunity to, you know, get a sack or two, pressure Bo Nix, pressure these backup quarterbacks, and, and show that, you, uh, that, that you're that you going to be in a good spot to take over a, uh, a starting job across from Derek Hall, who I think is pretty much locked in. So, and then in the secondary, and then in the secondary, just like just, I think it's just going to be, you know, how much of some of these younger guys developed because it seems to be kind of locked in some of the key players back there. When you talk about the two edge guys, Justin, educate me here. It, are they are they the same position? Are do they have similar roles? Or are they going to be schematically different? So yes and no. I'm going to take you back to uh, back back to something that uh, Bert Watts said uh, when we talked to him last week. He said they're mirrored, and it usually depends on what you're calling. You know, there's a rush position and a stud position. Rush is kind of what you would see from a normal stand-up outside linebacker. I mean, stand-up uh, defensive end. Like he, his big thing is going to be rushing. He will be the guy more often than not rushing. Whereas the stud stand-up defensive end is more of the space player. He can drop back into coverage a little bit more frequently. They want to, They want people to be able to do both, right? They want guys to pl- be able to play both positions so that when you get there, out there on the field and the team looks at, you know, the offense looks at it and it's like, okay, well, they know that Derek Hall is going to be rushing. It's like, well, not always. Maybe the other guy is going to be rushing. So I see. Yeah. They, w- they want that versatility, right? But schematically, it is different um, because a lot of times, say you go into a, you know, a, a three-down look, it's you know second down and ten. You know you don't have that third down you know package on the field. You're gonna rush. You're gonna usually rush three or four. You usually don't rush all five unless you got a you got a pretty big blitz called. But say you're rushing four, that that uh, that rush guy is gonna be the the one outside linebacker who's usually going after the quarterback a little bit more than the other one who's playing more like what an outside linebacker does. And I know you said that they want them to be able to do both, but yes. where is Derek Brooks probably going to be at more than likely than not? I, You know, watching him in high school, I think Dylan's got a lot. He's he's a rush guy. He is a traditional edge rusher. Right. Um, I, I think he has the ability to drop back into coverage and make plays um, and, and play in space. He, he was a good offensive player. Uh, they he, used he'd rather pin in. his ears back and go, though. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you want him to kind of unleash, especially I think early on. Guy like guy like Eku Leoto would be very interesting to see what they do with him. Mm-hmm. You know, if he plays, if he plays kind of where Wooden's playing, or they have him standing up, he's got a little bit more experience. Where if they want to drop him back, he'd be able to do it. And I think guys like Derek Hall have the ability to to, to drop back in, in coverage. He's just that athletic, sure. and I think you, you you trust him a lot more. And I, you know, you asked who I'm looking for. I'm looking at Stone Handy. Like I've heard a lot of good things about him this spring, and and I think that outside linebacker spot is a really really good spot for him. He's slimmed up. He looks a lot quicker. Uh, he's he's very explosive, as we know. And I think he could he could turn some heads on Saturday if uh, if he gets going. Justin, your uh, your coverage of everything is uh, far more in depth than anywhere else. What uh, what all is going on? 
uh, right now at the Auburn Observer. Yeah, auburnobserver.com uh, is where you can check it all out. $6 a month or $60 a year. If you're listening to this on Friday morning, any uh, money we get, 100% of the money we get this week um, in subscriptions, new subscriptions, we are uh, donating to the uh, EDSPS Charity Bowl, which goes to uh, New American Pathways in Atlanta uh, that helps refugees get settled in the United States. Really, really good cause. Cool. So if you want to you want to get on board, this would be a great time to do it. Uh, and if you already subscribe, I know there's there's some of y'all listening who already do. Uh, if you donate, just send me an email of uh, receipt of your uh, donation, and I'll give you a free month of the Observer. Tack it right on top of it. So um, yeah, that's what we got going on this week. Uh, mailbag up today. If you're listening on Friday, I uh, did a story on Colby Wooden on on. Uh, Thursday, breakdown of Javarius Johnson on Wednesday, Walker Kessler on, on Tuesday. We've had a couple podcasts this week with myself and Painter talking about all these things. So there's a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, we wanted to we wanted to finish spring practice with a bang, so we've got a lot going on. And then this weekend, we'll have a podcast and some observations from spring game. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time as always, brother. We'll talk again next week. Absolutely. Thank you, Zach. That is Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. We'll be back on Monday to recap everything from this very eventful weekend right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.